Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and let's welcome back the former Critical Broncos fan, now the War Bronco, as well as the Pro Football Explorer, Mr. John Misak. And John, what a week week two was. And both our teams really kind of uh, frustrated us, but at least we got the W's this time. Oh, yeah. Um, dear Lord, uh, the Broncos one was just so frustrating to watch. Oh. At least your Cowboys had some optimism. Like, they were up ahead by 14. Um, then they kicked the game winner, but we'll get to that. I mean, yeah, you know, you know, right off the bat, you know, all of a sudden, yeah, we're driving down the field, and, and, and all of a sudden, yeah, we, we have to take a gamble on fourth down, which somehow worked worked out quite well, and then we, we drive up the field and get a touchdown. I'm like, okay, all right, well, that's just one drive. Now Cincinnati's even more pissed. Right. But it, it did not turn out that way. I mean, I'm telling you, just like I had said, it was going to take at least four sacks to get to defeat Joe Burrow. And the Cowboys sacked him six times. I think now he's at 13 for the season. Right. Yeah, I think the Cincinnati offensive line issue, <clears throat> yeah, I don't think it's been fixed. Not even close. I mean, even former Cowboy Lyle Collins is on the Bengals offensive line. Uh, he had a couple of issues as well. Yeah, he got spun around by uh, Micah Parsons. And the effort that he showed, like, after getting – Shoved from behind by Parsons, it didn't like immediately get up and try to protect Burrow. It was just like, damn, this is probably going to be a mess for the Bengals. Hmm. And it, 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 it certainly was, but you know, the offense, you know, the Cowboys' offense, it's sparkling all of a sudden. Like, we they then we, we force them to go for a field goal, and then the Cowboys are fourteen to three. I'm like. And the defense is just still, still doing well. So I'm like, well, then the offense needs to keep going. But then all of a sudden, the sputtering happens again. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Either the offense sputtered on its own or the Bengals were adjusting after those two touchdowns. Well, it's a little bit of both because the play calling, too. I mean, I mean every time I see it, I'm like, what the hell is he doing? I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, just after, what is it? After two possessions, they finally get a, actually three possessions, they get a field goal out of it. Yeah, and going to halftime, it's 17 to three. And things, things were, were, looking, were looking really good. And, but, you know, Cincinnati was not, was not just going to go away just like that. And, I'm telling you, the the second half it was it was all Cincinnati. I'll, I'll tell you, all of it, Ex- except oh. for the end. Except for the end, of course. But I'm just like, oh, this game was just so frustrating. I mean, because Cincinnati on the on the opening drive of the second half, they they put three points, and then we had to put the ball right back, you know. And on that particular play in this in the first offensive play of the second half, Dallas went three and out on just three plays and only had three yards. I'm like, dude, that's embarrassing right there. Absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, that's just ugly. And apparently, even your dog is apparently disappointed in those results. Yeah, she she's <laughs> not happy about it. That's for sure. Yeah, well, you should have you should have seen the evil kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, every time like uh, those mistakes, uh, like that, looking at the TV and hissing. Right. Yeah. But anyway. So after the Bengals score six unanswered points to open the second half, you know, Dallas is all of a sudden driving down the field again. And then Dalton Schultz fumbles the ball. I was like, oh, my God, that, 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 right, that right there was probably the biggest momentum kill the Cowboys had all game. And I was like, dude, this, this, this could bite the Cowboys right in the ass. Oh, definitely. And uh, I, I'll say that I'm surprised that, didn't even convert anything the first time, but after the Bengal, uh, the Cowboys went three and out, then it's just like, oh, Joe Burrow tied it. And 
took nearly nine minutes. Nine minutes on that drive. 19 plays, nine freaking minutes. Oh, the Bengals, a, were they were taking their time. That's actually, that's interesting. And I know, like, Joe Burrow is, like, you know, he tries to be that game manager, but, wow, like, nine, nine minutes to get that touchdown and the two-point conversion. I posted this up very recently on Twitter, and I know you saw it. Um, the Bengals are the only team to have no PAT made, and they're two for two on two-point conversions. Right? <laughs> That's honestly hilarious to me. It's an, it's yeah it's it's hilarious but not not in a bad not in a bad humiliating way it's just something you just don't see happen in the NFL at least not within the first two games. No, and I just don't get it with like how the Bengals with the receiving talents they have the running back they have. Hurst is not a bad tight end. No uh, defense, I say sputters like they're up and down at times but the offensive line for the Bengals is just a complete mess i mean i thought i mean here 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 i am thinking the cowboys offensive line was an absolutely atrocious mess but but cincinnati i think cincinnati is even worse oh my god and i gotta take responsibility for that because here i was bitching and complaining about the cowboys (laughs) offensive line but look at Cincinnati, and look, and look, and look at the Cooper Rush sacked only once, only once, and it was for only a five-yard loss. The yeah, running game, was, uh... the running game died again, not because of the offensive line, but because of. Do I do I really have to say it? I mean, I know you get it, but do I really have to say it again? What, what, if you want to. The running game has to be abandoned again, and there's that one particular play that Tony Pollard gave us. Now it was a it was a pass play, but that's something that you talked about about sticking to these, like, short passes and screen plays. Tony right. Pollard gives us that one huge play. Now, now taking the touchdown away in that, in that play, it was right. He was short. But right. I'll give him I'll, – I'll praise him because he made the effort. Give him that. Oh. He made the effort to make the touchdown. Unfortunately, he was still short. But you know what? As a reward, he got another chance. He got his touchdown back. Oh, yeah. Zach Martin and Terrence Steele really pushed the uh... – Push the Bengals D line to get that opening for Pollard to get in, and that's and really talk- good. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say that showed like you know good grit to get that uh, that opening for Pollard to get into that end zone and reward him after uh, running it up 46 yards for that TD, uh, uh, close to the TD. And I've said this time and time again. You give Pollard a chance. You place your faith. You place your trust. You're going to get results, and that's what we saw. Right. He should have been fed the ball a little bit more. But Zeke Elliott, I feel like, wasn't fed the ball enough, too. So as critical I am, I am of Zeke, I mean, so far, Zeke this season, he's not – it's been disappointing, but it's not on him. Now, some plays, obviously, he's not going to be perfect on every play. But overall – I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna downgrade the fault of, of the bad running game on him. I mean, there's still the issue with the offensive line, but so far this season, the offensive line has not been the biggest problem. I mean, Tyler Tyler Smith. I mean, I didn't hear anything about him, but I'm like, yeah, but I see it the way it was like, well, I didn't hear anything negative about him. Right. Um, he's still learning the ropes. He's, he's so basically, he's he's kind of basically like, well, I'm still learning, so you know, like that. So he, he's basically focused, and that's what that's, that's what I like so far. Oh, definitely. And I think what's interesting about that sack on on Cooper Rush was that that was hovered from where the right side of the line and he was doing a stunt that ultimately got him to the left side and got a rush sack. But to really not see Cooper Rush sacked at all is pretty impressive for Dallas. And it does show that they have better talent than what Cincinnati does. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a shame because, again, you know, the, the bad offensive line, I mean, that, that's one of the biggest reasons why Cincinnati came up short in the Super Bowl. Right. I'm telling you, like, Joe Burrow, you know, against Aaron Donald, I mean, J- Joe Burrow was just, the, you know, that one dude going to the forest to fight, to fight off the wolves, fight off the wild animals. He's got his, 
little stick in one hand and then a pebble in the other hand. It's you know David. It's like David versus Goliath, but well, right. Goliath can't lose this time. But and I don't mm. mean and I don't mean to I don't mean to I don't mean any disrespect to, towards Joe Burrow, but but man, you know Joe Burrow really at the end of this day. I mean, I can't say Joe Burrow was terrible. I mean, the stats obviously is not what we want to see, but the problem is when a quarterback doesn't have his offensive line protecting him. I mean, what could he do? Yeah, Parsons, Armstrong, uh, Lawrence, Vander Esch were pretty much in his face for a big chunk of the game. I mean, Micah Parsons, two sacks. I mean, four sacks, you know, already this season. I mean, that's incredible right there. I mean, he's the fourth Cowboy to actually register multiple sacks within the first two games. Marcus Lawrence did that back in 2017. DeMarcus Ware did it back in 2011. And Charles Haley did it back in 1994. I'm telling you, Micah Parsons, I mean, oh, whether you love, whether you hate the Cowboys or not, I mean, there's really just no point in just, you know, giving Micah Parsons that credit. I mean, there's just nothing to hate about the guy. And I'm telling you, this Cowboys, I mean, Trayvon Diggs, I mean, this is something that I retweet. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, always known for, even though he can intercept the ball well, he's known for getting torched. But, dude, Micah, excuse me, but Trayvon Diggs? Oh, that game yesterday? Oh, my God. Right. The pro football focus. I mean, Jamar Chase. I mean, I, I wouldn't say – I don't know for sure if I want to say he shut down Jamar Chase because like, like that, I'm not entirely sure because uh, – I'm. let me look at the stats right here from Jamar Chase as far as receiving. I mean, he had five catches for 54 yards, but going against Trayvon Diggs, um, it sure as hell wasn't the story. Now, when I actually Diggs. wrote my recap, I actually mentioned it. If I can, if I can click on it right now, if my old uh, computer would let me, yeah, I really need a new computer. But here it is. Well, yeah, here it is. Here it is. In coverage against Jamar Chase, J- Trayvon Diggs allowed only two catches for 14 yards. That's pretty wow. impressive. That is impressive. So, I mean, but at the end of the Anthony day, Brown I mean, did his part too. I mean, the, the Cowboys secondary did. I mean. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase both kept under 100 yards receiving, respectively. <laughs> That's pretty incredible right there. And, and Joe Burrow kept to under 200 yards. <laughs> that surprises me. I mean, Joe Mixon, 19 carries for 57 yards. I mean, that, oh. That's rough. That's rough for him. And I'll tell you, that Cowboys defense just recovered so quickly after they got, after they got bullied on that, nine, uh, on that nearly nine-minute offensive drive. They gave up the touchdown right. and the two-point conversion, and then Dallas, you know, has to cough up the ball. Right? Well, well, I don't know if I should say cough up because cough up usually refers to a as a turnover, but Dallas literally gives the ball right back, and then the the then the Cowboys defense just makes sure that Joe Burrow and the offense goes nowhere. And on, on that one third down play, I mean Trayvon Diggs just came up clutch, made that tackle. Oh, I'm telling you, time. the final offensive right now. You watched the entire game, right? I did. I actually just watched it uh, just today. Okay. So you know that when the Cowboys got the ball back after the Cow- after the defense came up with that clutch stop, the Cowboys off right. the Cowboys one timeout, fifty seven seconds left. I'm like, how in the hell are they going to do this? I mean, if they had two timeouts, I was like, okay, maybe there's a little bit of faith right there. But I'm like. Kellen Moore, I don't like you. I don't trust you, but for God's sake, please just get it right. Don't make me have to destroy you like I always have to. Just don't make me have to do this. God damn it. Don't make make me become the – don't make the Bearman persona come out. You have no idea how it is to get get away from that. But anyway, (laughs) but seeing that – I mean, seeing that drive, I'm just like – I'm literally just holding on. I mean, you know, even my cat sitting on that table, eyes glued on the TV – Right. Uh, yeah, for those of you, everybody knows. I mean, for a long time since I've had my cat, he's he's always watching the games, whether it's soccer or whatever. And if mm-hmm. I'm frustrated, he gets frustrated too. I mean, that that's why I always like to say that part of me lives in him. But anyway, the evil, that's call him the evil kitty because he is evil. But right. But, and the Cowboys were on the 35 yard line, right? So they start off with an eight yard pass, but then there's a penalty on holding on on Cincinnati. And I'm kind of like, well, do you get do you get the do you go with the gain or do you just go with the penalties? Do you have a fresh set of downs? Because either way, it's it's only five yard gain with a penalty, but the only difference is you have a you have a fresh set of downs. But 
But then Noah you would have, Brown. Uh, you would have three yards less. Three yards less, yeah. So, so Dallas just went ahead and, and, and went with the yards, but now the clock, now the clock is going down. Right. Now, then Noah Brown gets a 12-yard gain, and then all of a sudden Cooper Russ is the CD land for another 10 yards, and that's when Dallas has to sacrifice the final timeout. I'm like, why the hell did they do that? And then on the next play, Tony Pollard runs the ball for three yards but does not get out of bounds. I'm like, what the hell is going on? God damn it. Yep. <laughs> but somehow the Cowboys got it in time to spike the ball. But the problem was, John, is that they were not in field goal range. Well, I mean, kind of, but they they weren't in the safe they weren't the they weren't the safe zone, if you will. Yeah. Here's the odd thing, and and I and I want to say this for Brett Maher, because what honestly confuses me is when you say they're not in field goal range. And I, and I looked at the line and I thought, that's short from what his career is. And his career long is 63. Yes, it is. twenty. I think it was against the, the Eagles back in 2019. Right. You know, before, just, uh, before the whole... I uh, myself, why was COVID the yardage happened? short? Yeah. That that should have been a little bit longer. Like it, like it should have been the field goal um, line should have been a lot, uh, you know, shorter. And I could understand the fact that maybe they might have uh, put his stats up with uh, uh, from his time in New Orleans, but I thought, hmm. I think he uh, had a good shot, like, of making the field goal from, I don't know, the 35, where Tony Pollard made that run. But yet again, you got to drain the clock and make sure that Cincinnati doesn't have the ball last. Right. Well, I actually, and I want to throw this out there because you were mentioning in the previous, you know, previews and uh, recaps about how you weren't um, liking Cooper Rush. Yeah. I, I know he probably proved you wrong on um, some of the doubts that you had. In well, some aspects. it's not that I was doubting Cooper Rush himself. I would say the problem was the offensive line and Kellen Moore. I felt like I respect Cooper Rush, but the problem is if, if he's in a as position where you know the offensive coordinator, who again I never trusted and like that. That's the problem I had. Like right, yeah. But Cooper was still proved me wrong. I mean, he played a whole lot better than I thought. I mean, he was completing some passes. He, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he's he's doing things. I mean, some people even give him credit. Like he's fearless. I mean, but I mean, I think Tony Romo. Because believe it or not, it's amazing how Tony Romo called the play and. I'm telling you, Tony Romo had all the confidence in the world in Cooper Rush. Right. And he even I I, I could have I think I'm pretty sure it was him, but he I think he labeled Cooper Rush as as fearless. And if I, I, am I right? Did he? I mean, I, I know that I know that he Cooper Rush was de- depicted as fearless, but whether it was Tony Romo or not, I mean that's that's taking shots at Dak Prescott right there. You can see the total difference right there out of Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush doesn't, you know, it's just that guy that deals with what he's been dealt with and then just plays football, like, doesn't act scared. I mean, I'm telling you, that's yeah. a lot of the things that I heard. And I don't want to, I don't want to take shots at Dak Prescott, even though I've done that God knows how many times. But hmm. I'm telling you, we see something different in Cooper Rush than we see in Dak Prescott. But it's not I a good it, thing for Dak Prescott. Right. I think what it may be is that Cooper may know more of the, you know, backups of what Dallas has. Like, he understands the timing from what they have already compared to Dak Prescott, who's mostly playing with the ones. So I think Cooper may have more the advantage of playing with the backup receivers like Noah Brown, uh, Houston, Turbin, and maybe had some uh, playing time with... uh, C.D. Lamb. Uh, let's uh, see whether or not this is like Cooper Rush moving forward with uh, Dallas, or uh, or it was just a one game thing for him that 
he thrived when maybe Cincinnati played down to them or Cincinnati was really that bad? I mean, Cooper Rush is 2-0 as a starter. Yeah, that's well, a... He- that's the funny thing is like he's he beat the Vikings. Although uh, although last year a lot of the guys were saying on the radio, I mean, because the Vi- the Vikings were really not that good. And and to be fair, Mike Zimmer did did screw it up at the end. I mean, especially uh, when the Cowboys scored that that touchdown. I think uh, Mike Zimmer literally took through literally put two timeouts in the toilet and then flushed it because I, there was one play I think where the Vikings call a timeout on defense. But you, but you do. But this was actually a rule that I was not aware of. At least this is how I, if I remember correctly, this is how it happened. You cannot call back-to-back timeouts on the same play. Doing that is actually called defensive delay of game. This is true. Yeah. Uh, so that. Yeah. So that's what Mike Zimmer did, and then the Cowboys would score. So Mike Zimmer, go. You go from three timeouts to well, I don't even know if you had any timeouts left after that. But the bottom line is Mike Zimmer wasted two timeouts just like that. <laughs> Now, yeah, that's uh, that's something you would find like in the in the eighties when uh, uh, Joe Gibbs, the Washington Commanders, or the other name that went by at his time, and he did that again in the mid two thousands against, I believe, the Giants, and he called back to back timeouts, and they got the opponent got the game winning field goal. That's a like really old school like idea to call back to back timeouts. Yeah, because of the delay of game, I think the Cowboys gained uh, five yards from it, and, and I think it, it went from like I think it went from like a uh, third and six to a third and one in, in the process. I'm not quite sure, hmm. but that's just how I see it. But right. But the bottom line is, I mean, yeah, but the Vikings still could have easily just beaten Dallas, but I mean. Dallas just came from behind. I mean, Dallas had not led until that particular touchdown. But, right. but, but Cooper but Cooper Rush, I'm t- I mean, now the numbers, the way I see it, I mean, the numbers are probably not quite what we would see. I mean, people would say if Cooper Rush was so great, he would have thrown for 400 yards, but mm-hmm. but 19 for 31, 235 yards, an average of close to eight yards per uh, per throw, and threw one touchdown, then no, no picks, no fumbles. Now that is actually very, very good. Oh, now the definitely. quarterback, the quarterback rating seventy eight point two, is not the best, and, and his regular rating of ninety five point five may not be the best, but I think Cooper Rush's performance was respectable. Very respectable. Surprisingly better than Joe Burrow, who made the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, but but, but keep in mind, Joe Burrow doesn't have an offensive line. Oh God, no. Yeah, I mean Cooper Rush. I mean the Cowboys' offensive line issue is still the same. But it's fair to say that I I can sit here and complain and complain and complain and be a cub instead right. of a bear man that the Cowboys have no offensive line, but it could be worse because Cincinnati Cincinnati is in, is in that bit worse position. Yeah, and that could really hurt them moving forward if uh, they don't uh, gel together. Seeing the Bengals with their offensive line issues, remember the – when Kirk Cousins with was with uh, Washington, and they would have like some interesting players on that line: Trent Williams, Brandon Sheriff, uh, Morgan Moses on that line. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, they were known to be good, uh, good names, but dear lord, they had a hard time protecting Cousins uh, during his time there. Yeah, they did. I, I think I remember the game that you're, you're talking about. There was that game in 2017 when Dallas beat Washington 38 to 14. Yeah. I think it, yeah. I think I think that might be one of the games that you're actually kind of uh, talking about. Uh, I mean, although yeah, the Cowboys sacked Cousins four times, but you know, it could have it could have easily been just as bad. But right. I, I think I think it's because the times that Cousins could have been sacked, but wasn't like he's he's pushed back, he runs forward, but he fails to get to the first down. Oh, big so he, he he gain, he gains just enough yards for the for the stats, and I'll go down as a quarterback sack. But but I'm pretty mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was the game. It was either that or it was the game in Washington early that season when the, when Dallas won 33 to 19, and, and it, it was a very raining game, and Dak Prescott had a horrible game. But oh yeah, I, I would say 
And, and just to say, too, is like it's not just like Cowboys games. It's most of the games like I would find Washington playing. It would just be like, Jesus, they have all these big names, but they just allow too much sacks. And it's almost the same thing with Joe Burrow. Is like they have uh, big names with Kappa, uh, Collins, Karras, Jonah Williams. It's just like you hear these names and think, oh, they should be good for them. And all of a sudden, they're just not meshing together and they're getting their quarterback killed. Yeah. But here, here, here I was you know, thinking, I mean, I mean, I got to take major responsibility because I'm not going to deny what I said in the preview. I had the Cowboys losing 27 to 10. Yeah, I was probably, a, I don't know if I was even more harsh saying 28 to 14. Yeah, that's what you were. Yeah, that, 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 that was according according to your video. Right. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I, uh, you, you got the Giants show. and Panthers game. You 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 were 100% spot on on that one. Yeah, I was surprised with that too. Um, last year when I was doing game picks, I had four games that were the exact score, but I picked the wrong winner. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember. Uh, I was, I was like, like, oh, Jesus. God. What do they got to do this, my boy? Yeah. Like, I get it right, and I just picked the wrong team. And I think I've done that like four or five times. It was just like, come on. Yeah, and apparently. Finally, the, I got it. Yeah, the dog's not happy about that either. No, she's, uh, she's upset with it. <laughs> I, I think she wants to go on a rant on this show, but it's okay. We're letting her have it. But right. anyway. But moving forward, I mean, now the Cowboys are still at the bottom of their division now. Now Washington just got got humiliated by Detroit. The Giants right. are somehow the Giants are somehow two and zero. The mm -hmm. e the Eagles the Eagles could be uh, the Eagles take on the Vikings tonight. So of course everybody knows how I feel about that game. But yeah, and of I course of course Stephen A. Smith comes out today and still says the Cowboys missed the playoffs. Now, everybody would say, well, you, I probably feel the same way. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I'm still going to give the – I'm still going to give, you know, the credit where credit's due. I mean, they, they beat the they beat the Bengals. I mean, when they could have, you know, when they, they – when they, it looked as though they threw, they threw it all away. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, it, it was all Cincinnati. It was, you know, if, if my math is correct, I mean, Cincinnati outscored Dallas 14-3 in the second half. And, you know, you mentioned that the game-winning field was 50 yards, and that and that's that's not even uh, that's not even um, Brett Maher's career long. I mean, it's not only that, John, but earlier in the game, Brett Maher has made a 54-yard one. So, yeah, that's what the confusing thing was. Like, I didn't get why the line was a lot shorter when uh, they were talking about his field goal range. But you know, he made the kick. All the credit to him. Uh, Cooper Rush being capable of getting the Cowboys into into his range and uh, played his cards right, got the win. Uh, just have to see what they do against the. I'm I can't believe I'm saying these words, the undefeated New York Giants. Does that sound odd to you? Yeah, it does. And considering, I mean, they, they, uh, you know, they only they beat Tennessee because of missed field goal. Right. They beat they beat Carolina because I guess Carolina is still Carolina is just Carolina, right? Right. But Saquon Barkley, all of a sudden, he's you know, he's being the, he's being the guy that we all thought he would be when he came in the league back in 2018. Right. But I'm not. Oh, I'm not. Really, I'm not. I'm not sure exactly how well he did it against uh, against Carolina. I'd like to look that up right now. But I mean, usually the problem with Saquon Barkley has been. I mean, he's he's been un, unable to stay healthy. But so far, I mean, I mean unable to. Yes, unable to stay healthy. I mean, he well, he only had twenty one. He had twenty one carries for seventy two yards against Carolina, and Daniel Jones. Daniel, Daniel Jones didn't even throw for two hundred yards. Nope. I think they want I mean, to use him as a game manager. Yeah, I mean Christian McCaffrey only at fifty. You know, Christian McCaffrey had fifteen carries for one hundred and two yards. But Baker Mayfield, I mean, look at look at this, fourteen for twenty nine for one hundred and forty five yards. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's basically almost the same numbers that Dak Prescott had against Tampa. Pretty close to him, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, this game, Giants versus Panthers, I, I swear to God, I, I would have gone crazy watching this game. I mean, 6 nothing after the first quarter, and then the Panthers score two unanswered field goals. You go to halftime 6-6. Six to six, Then at the end of the third quarter, it's 13-13, to 13, and you're mm-hmm. just like, man. I mean, it could it could be worse because I'll ne- I'll never forget in 2009 when Dallas beat Washington seven to six and it, and then score and then Dallas even scored till like there was like two minutes left in the game. Right. I don't know. If, I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if you remember that game, but seven to six. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It was in 2009. I, I was a. I was in. I was in. Uh, I was in eleventh grade at the time. Oh. Yeah, back That's... then. Yeah. God, man, that 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 had to be some rough years for Washington, and I can't even explain about the Cowboys. Like, they were like pretty good before December came along, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or well, that year, 2009, the Cowboys went 11 and five, won the division, and and, and won their first playoff game since 1996, and then they they got destroyed in Minnesota when Brett when Brett Favre actually, yeah, that was basically Oof. it, but. But that one game when Dallas beat Washington seven to six, right? Very difficult. Very difficult to watch. I mean, it's all because Washington could have been could have been up nine to zero, but their their kicker at the time, Sean Sweesham, missed right. two missed two field goals, especially that one late in the game that could have made it nine to zero. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So then all of a sudden, you know, when when he misses that field goal, they also saw that clip of, of Demarcus Ware, you know, giving Tony a pep talk, and then you know they drove down the field, and then eventually got that score. And then Washington right. tried to answer, but then uh, the ball got tipped and intercepted by Dallas, and that was pretty much it. But hmm. the bottom line is, is that this game against Carolina and, and New York, I mean, you're just watching it. I mean, as as Ricky, aka the Master of Mayhem, would say, he'd fall asleep watching that game. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, but now that we've kind of gotten this Cowboys uh, game recap, I mean, we, we really got to – we should really spend a lot of time – we should actually spend the rest of the time talking a little bit about Week 2 because even though this is specifically, strictly for the Cowboys, the way Week 2 is, we we just we just can't ignore it. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, the Dolphins, that win, and then the freaking Jets being the Browns the way they did? Jesus. Oh, yeah. my Tua with six touchdowns. There is a, I don't think there has been a QB that's thrown for six touchdowns since I don't know. Steve Young was a Q, uh was a uh, was a uh, was with the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Yeah, in the 90s. Yeah, and I think that was the the last time I think a left-handed quarterback has thrown for six touchdowns in a regular in a game. And the fact that the, the Ravens blew a 35 to 14 lead in the fourth quarter, you know, and Lamar and Lamar Jackson had that 79 yard run, man. Oh, big time. I mean, Tyreek Tyreek Hill re- re- really made the statement. Oh yeah, him, Jalen Waddle, Mike Isicki. It was just like the Ravens really slept behind the wheel. And I actually have to re-watch that game because it wasn't airing in my area. But, my God, Tua really let the ball sling in that one. Oh, big time. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars shut out the, the Indianapolis Colts. Any any fan that has seen how Indianapolis has struggled against Jacksonville for more than five years now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pretty much expected this uh, outcome. But a yeah, shout out I think, is yeah, just but it's the it's the shutout it's the shutout that um, we just didn't expect. But and now we mm-hmm. get to now we get to the Rams and the Falcons. You know what's funny about you know what's funny about this, uh, John? Yeah. You know what the you know what the Rams nearly did? They blew a twenty. They nearly blew a twenty-eight <laughs> to three lead. <laughs> and I'm so glad you got that one right because I'm like. 20 to three. I'm like, okay. So now the Rams should just, you know, run the ball like that. There's really no need. Yeah. Like that. Then all of a sudden it's, you know, it's, it's 28 to 10. Like, okay. So the Falcons got on the board. Right. 
And that's 31-17, 31-25, and then, oh, 31-20. It was a safety. It was it was safety with like six seconds left too. So, yeah, the um, the Rams tried to just uh, burn out the clock by just having the punter run into the end zone and just you know kick it away. So that way the Falcons had no chance of coming back. Yeah, to prevent the Hail Mary attempt, but. But we got to speak about the Rams because I know that the playmaker has to address this. But the Rams' defense is definitely, uh, well, I mean, they gave up 31 points in Week One and then 27 points in Week Two. I mean, that's uh, that's something that just cannot go. Uh, it, it just it just cannot go unaddressed. Let me just right. say, it like, but my God, either but, so, the Rams are faltering or the Falcons are the best 0 and two team in the league. Yeah, well, it seems like, that seems like it because even though even though the Falcons blew, did blow a twenty six to ten lead at a, in Week One against New Orleans, right? But but they are like, the odd thing is like it, it almost seems like they look better without Matt Ryan, but they just can't finish the job. Uh, I mean, the Falcons have scored more points in the last two weeks than what the Colts did. Right. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I don't know if the the Falcons could be tanking still, but Jesus, like <laughs> seeing how close these losses are, it just makes you think, is the Falcons being held back by Ryan or are teams just really looking underneath uh, looking down on them? Just like, that's oh, the Falcons. We'll go again. We'll probably smoke them. And then all of a sudden, they're like, why is the score this close? Right. <laughs> Unbelievable, oh isn't it? Yeah. I, I do want to throw out just a quick thought with the Jets and Browns. Go ahead. Is, go, the floor is yours, brother. The floor is yours. So I haven't got to this game yet, but when I was watching – and I mostly watched Red Zone because why on earth would I watch the Jets and Giants in Jersey? <laughs> um, well, I got to ask you, just out of curiosity, in your area, are they mainly Jets or Giants fans? Um, believe most I've seen are Giants fans, but there are some Jets fans in my area. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so when I saw Joe Flacco throwing touchdowns against the Browns, the gear went in my head, and I remembered that Joe Flacco is actually really damn good against the Browns in his career. <laughs> and when I saw him throwing touchdowns, I'm like, I think I may have picked the wrong team to win. It was like throwing some nice ball, uh, nice balls to the rookie uh, Hall, Wilson, uh, Gabe Davis. No, I mean, no, Corey Davis. And I was just like, I think the Jets may win this game, but wow, that was surprising. Yeah, and well, I, I, said, to watch I think Sorry. I think Joe Flacco just had a day of nostalgia <laughs> from his days with Baltimore. Right, and he brought that to the Jets, and good win for them. Yeah, good win for them, and. Yeah. First, as you know, San Francisco, we are beating Seattle, and Jimmy G is back is back under center. The and Trey Lance. Oh, I saw the replay, and I was like, "Nope, God, he's he, his season's gonna be cooked." I mean, I, I mean, I, don't, I mean, they saw a picture that that is. I mean, his foot. I mean, was his foot really like? How bad was it? I think his toes were. I don't know if they were facing his calf. And it's a, a real bad fracture. Like, in, in his leg, it was just like, Jesus Christ, that just did not look pretty. Did not. And, and what was it? You know, speaking of uh, not looking pretty, the Las Vegas Raiders are 0-2. I was lucky enough to pick the Cardinals to win that game. You know what the really funny lucky. part is, is I, I picked I picked the Raiders to win the freaking division. Huh. <laughs> right? Let yeah. me remind everybody, I mean, uh, didn't I say the Broncos would not win any division games? Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna regret that. 
But you know, it was a, it was a judgment call. Nothing right. else. I mean, you're going with your gut on that. Um, I mean, and I'm I'm twelve I'm twelve and fifteen in, in our in our little pickums club. Yeah, I am eighteen and eleven, and I'm tied first. Yeah, I got so many picks wrong this week. It's oh, uh, it's so it, it, it's embarrassing. Right. But um, with the Cardinals game, they were down by 20. And then all of a sudden, you know, they managed to come right back into it, tie it, and go into overtime. Yeah. And, and, then, and, and then, the way, the, I mean, the way they tied it, I mean, <laughs> oh. And, and then the way they win it, that fumble. And the fact that there was a fumble at first that Las Vegas managed to get back, managed to get to get on to keep the ball in their in their favor, right? And then Arizona, and then Arizona like misses out on two opportunities that could have been a turnover, and then all of a sudden they mm-hmm. finally get it, right? Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, that game I was like, God, I, you know, I'll take the L of um, Cardinals not winning against the Raiders. But then they started rallying back. I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna do, they're gonna make the comeback, and they did the comeback, and I was just like jumping for joy because we're not in the bottom uh, in our division. Uh, I will say for the Cardinals winning is the fact that they were Road Warriors last year. They were. Um, I think they only had one loss on the road, and I think it was either eight or nine games that they played. So I was like, maybe I'll take the chance on the Cardinals. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. They only lost uh, one road game for the entire year last year. I was like, All right, let me go with the Road Warriors, and they went on the road, and I'm like, yes. You got it right. Okay. Um, the game that really surprised me was the Commanders and uh and the Lions. I was so confused, like why on earth are the Lions favored in this game? Uh, and seeing how Carson Wentz played for the most part, wow! No wonder why Detroit was favored because they couldn't protect him. He was turning the football over, and the defense. I have no idea where the hell they went. Well, if that offense can't protect Carson Wentz, and if that defense is bad, then the Cowboys, uh, well, still the Cowboys better just get it, still get it right. Right. That's the commanders, though, for you, right? <laughs> and Carson Wentz. They'll win your games and they'll lose your games. Yeah. Of course, you know, Ricky always likes to remind everybody that somehow, some way, Carson Wentz managed to sprain both ankles in one game last season. Right. I think he's still on the over with the uh, on Carson Wentz trying to break his ankles multiple times in a game. Uh, I will say for- there's a there is a game that I'm actually pretty uh, pretty happy to get right, and that is uh, uh, the Patriots and Steelers. I've said on the record that. The, uh, the Steelers' defense was not going to do much pressure on Mac Jones without T.J. Watt. They were uh, they're actually winless uh, without T.J. Watt in the lineup. 0-4, now 0-5. Hmm. And Mac Jones has not been sacked once in that entire game. Yeah, I mean... Them being the Steelers, that was certainly interesting. Everybody's all of a sudden, you know, all over Trubisky because Trubisky had a good game in week one. And then, you know, of course, there's a headline saying that Mike Tomlin is going to be patient with Trubisky. I'm like, okay, all right. I mean, you don't want to throw the rookie out in the wolves. That's not how most teams want to just throw out their young quarterbacks uh, just to see their confidence just shatter. Right. Um. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I forgot to mention this because I want to circle back to the Dolphins and Ravens. So, do you know the pictures I use to recap my uh, picks? Mm-hmm. So, 
my original I, I actually made an error in the video where I picked Baltimore to win, but I originally had the Miami Dolphins winning. I could have just switched it out, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to stick with Baltimore. They're at home. They're playing against the Dolphins. They're traveling. Uh, and wow, the Dolphins really showed up. Mostly on the offense. That they did, yeah. They did. Oh, boy. The Tampa Bay finally won against the Saints in the regular yeah. season. They definitely did, of course. Uh, the, the headline of that is that you know Mike Mike Evans again getting a, getting in a fight with a Saints player, but you know that's pretty much been kind of routine. But right, he's been suspended for a game. There's it's been I think reported that no other suspensions are going to happen, but hmm. there will be there will be some fines. But right. but you know what I think the way to close it out is you know I want I want to hear you talk about your Broncos. Oh my God! I I was watching that game and I'm thinking to myself like, why on, why on earth are we trailing against this Texans team that I don't know if they are like the worst team, but Jesus Christ! You know you have Russell Wilson, you have uh, Sutton Williams, uh. Uh, the uh, defense with uh, Gregory Chubb, uh, Sertan, Stearns, and all those guys, and I'm I'm happy that the Broncos didn't allow ten points to the Texans, but Jesus Christ, we could have scored more than sixteen points, and we have I believe seventeen red zone tries, and we only come up with field goals. It is, like, maddening. I mean, you want to talk about maddening. I mean, 14 for 31 for Russell Wilson. Dear Lord. Like, and I get I get in some areas, like, uh, 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 Derek Stingley looks good as a rookie. Uh, the defense with their linebackers, some drops. But, like, seriously, we can't be trailing against the Texans of all teams. We got tougher competition coming up soon with the 49ers, the uh, the Raiders, Colts, Chargers. I have no idea what the Jets are going to be like in the Jaguars. But, Jesus, we got to do a lot better. I'm pretty much thinking we could be... One in five at worst by the time we play against the Jets. It's, 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 it was brutal because, you know, watching the highlights, I'm just kind of like, man. I, mean, like, I, I think there was, even, there was even that one big catch that turned into a fumble. It, look, it looked like the defender just grabbed it away, but, but you know, that's legal. Oh, though. yes. The Cortland Sutton, like Russell Wilson threw an interception. That's well, what it, it was. Is that, is that what, how it was ruled? Right. I guess maybe because Corlin Sun did not have full control, maybe that's why they ruled it as a pick. Yeah, and then I don't think the ball even touched the ground either. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, we, even though we sacked them three times, but defense really needs to get these fumbles too. We could, that was, that, was, that was actually opening the, the, the second half, too. Right. Yeah, it, it was, yeah. It, it, okay, it was, it, was, it was intercepted, yeah. It was on a yeah. second and 16. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, like, when did our first sack come in? Because we, we have issues just trying to sack the, uh, sack the quarterback, like, until... I don't know, until the second half. Nope. Uh, sacked Mills, like, five less than five minutes of the second quarter. But, you know, we got to get some pressure at least. Yeah. 
He did, and it, it, it was just, it, it was just you know, probably one of those games. I mean, it's like you want might want to fall asleep. I mean, you, you fall asleep if you're not a fan. Of, if you're not a fan of the Broncos or Texan, but if you're a fan of the Broncos, I mean, you're just like you're you're frustrated. I've been frustrated with this team since 2017. And Gary Judy, I heard, got hurt again. Of course. Yeah, a sternum injury last I saw. I had chest and sternum pain. It's going to be day-to-day. I thought I saw that it was a shoulder injury. It came up as a shoulder injury first, then it ended up being ruled as a, uh, a sternum uh, chest injury. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I would say if I'm really optimistic for the Broncos, uh, see if Russell Wilson still owns the 49ers. He's won the last six, uh, won five of the last six games against San Fran. Uh, the Raiders, I don't know if I have enough faith in them because they really suck on the road when they play in the Raiders stadium since 2015. Colts, maybe if Matt Ryan doesn't perform well and the Chargers. If we can win the first game like we've done against the Chargers, whether it's in their stadium or our stadium, if we can win the first game uh, against the Chargers like we have since 2012, I'd be really happy. I could see maybe two, three wins if I'm optimistic to be at least three and two by the time the Jets, uh, by the time we play the Jets. But, oh, yeah, yeah, this team is going to give me aneurysms. Now, uh, it's going to be a long season for both our teams, but, you know, at least we can say this week, you know, we got the win. Right. Uh, Well, I think I've I've covered all bases. Anything else you want to say? Um, not much really. Um, hope, hopefully, uh, like I said, as you said it, you know, hope our teams play better. Uh, it's actually kind of funny that uh, I think we're both. Uh, hope, hopefully, uh, misery keeps us uh, uh, doesn't keep haunting us, yeah, <laughs> especially well, with how these well. teams play. More than likely for me, it's probably going to. I mean, the Broncos, I think it change all of a sudden for Dallas. Probably not so much. But anyway, right. so if that's all, I'd just like to remind everybody that Cowboy Stock is probably pro- is, is probably part brought to you by Fanatics. And Fanatics is their number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, and so much more. So if you're looking to shop at Fanatics, just use Cowboys Talks link in the description, start shopping, and you can take advantage of the best deals in the world. And for all you pro wrestling fans out there, WWEshop.com is part of the Fanatics experience, so you can get your pro wrestling merch and take advantage of the best deals in the world. And also, Cowboys Talk is proudly brought to you by Paramount Plus. Stream live sports and your favorite shows from CBS, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, and so much more. Plans start at just $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now. You even get a free trial. So if you're looking to subscribe to Paramount+, Plus, just find the link in the episode description, set up your account, start binge-watching sports, as well as your favorite shows. And Cowboys Talk is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. John, thank you so much once again for being on. And I cannot wait to have you on again soon. Uh, Same here. All right. Goodbye, everybody.